Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. Almost two years into this shape-shifting pandemic, the disruption of our daily lives seems to be finally easing. And yet, we still feel anxious and stressed out, dealing with the cumulative impact of the virus on so many aspects of our lives. So how do we move forward, making life better, even when we worry that the eventual new normal may result in a more subdued and uncertain life? In today's episode, Lisa Kingsbury, the director of the Ambit Yoga Center, and Ken Taub, a veteran writer grounded in Eastern philosophy, who also has led meditation workshops, will talk about how aspects of these practices can help us deal with life's anxieties, feelings of isolation, and fear, made all the more prevalent in these uncertain times. Lisa and Ken will speak about various techniques and tools like breathing, how to stay present in one's emotions, quietly aware of how they change moment to moment, rather than being perpetually reactive. Each will offer their views on how we can take unique moments to focus on life's important details that we often miss when we're consumed by multitasking, whipsawed by the daily overload of news and information. They'll reflect too on the power of stillness, truly an anathema in contemporary American culture, and how it can be restorative, healing, a great form of rebalancing in a very out of balance times. Ken and Lisa will offer their perspectives on simple practical routines we can integrate into a less rush life. They'll also offer some thoughts on some other approaches in the field of mindfulness, stress, reduction, and relaxation, an arena that has exploded in recent years, entering the mainstream of health, medicine, and business. And yes, as part of this Valentine's Day episode, Ken and Lisa, who are husband and wife, will talk about how they have remained mindful of love and their relationship, not only in a time of COVID, but over a lifetime. So now let's once again meet Lisa Kingsbury and Ken Tao. Welcome back to both of you. Thank you, Ron. Hey, Ron. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's good to see you guys again. It's the last time we you were on the show was February eighth of last year, uh, almost a year into the pandemic. You offered many insights into relationships between yoga and meditation, how we could use these practices. Um, so a year later, of course, we've discovered that many of the pressures and anxieties. They're still here. <laughs> uh, we, they may have shifted somewhat, but there's no going back to BC before COVID, right? Now it's AD, another dimension, but we're not sure what that dimension is. But whatever it is, it's time to move forward through and out of this trauma and beyond. So, so basically, that's what I wanted to focus with you guys on today. You, you know, if people would like to review some of the, uh, your basic tenets, they can go back to the last year's show. It's on. It's we have it in our in our archive and. There are many great insights. They can look at that. But today, I want you to talk to you guys about, again, 45 forward. Um, so um, I, before we dive into a little bit more about general practices, um, how did you guys do this last year? What were some of the, the ways you uh, you know, navigated this time and yourself used your own techniques or practices? And, and what, what, what things did you see in, in terms of the changing perspectives personally? Lisa, you want to start and then Ken? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that 
for me, because yoga is my primary practice, I would always go back to my practice and give myself permission to ebb and flow with it. Because some days we want to do things that we know that are good for us and other days we don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all in all, just touching base with that practice grounds me. And so I'm more present in my body because when you stretch and when you move, you're, you're not in your head. And that's part of the problem I find with times of stress or crisis is you run off with your thoughts in your head. And then even deeper than that is just your breath, because you're Mm -hmm. talking about practices and everything. I find that when I'm not on my yoga mat, in order to deal with some of the, the waves of emotion or disappointment or excitement is just always returning to the breath. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. How about you, Ken? Well, with COVID in the background and still with us for uh, 2021, um, we got out and and we still do. We got outside as as often as we could. We have a dog, our dear Abby, and uh, we walk her once or twice a day unless it's a downpour or a blizzard and we'll take her to the field. So we're big on getting out. Um, We traveled a bit. We, we went to Colorado in, uh, in June and we got to, to be outdoors big time. Nature has been a big salve for us. Uh, everything from um, hiking out west to feeding the birds in, on the back deck in the morning. So that, that makes for, for some sanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, 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 go ahead. No, no, go ahead, finish. Um, COVID is real. COVID has taken far, far, far too many people. It's, it's, it's still going on. But no matter what's going on in news or natural disasters or a global pandemic, it's a very big, big, wonderful world. And even little reminders of how big and beautiful the world is, I find to be very helpful as well as healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, I think that, you know, we've known each other quite some time, um, actually going back to high school. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, and recently we, we discovered that, you know, both of us are feeding the birds. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I had a previous show with uh, right around the, the Christmas Audubon count with uh, a woman named Yoko Chu, who is a, a director at, uh, of uh, communications at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, I really appreciated her comments and her observations. I'm a birder. And I think that, you know, getting out, as you said, Ken, for me, going, getting out in nature. And, you know, I think that the part of the, what's we've struggled with is that COVID has disrupted our sense of connectedness to the world and in some ways to ourselves, you know, uh, we've lost a connection to ourselves. So for me, getting out in nature and just, you know, witnessing the fact that, you know what, we are connected in ways we are things are bigger than ourselves um and and it's been a struggle because um i think that as you guys have pointed out previously um you know the covid has sort of you know it, it for a while it literally made the world smaller for us we were right we were in isolation mm. um and yet there are advantages to um uh, the world being smaller you know to sort of helping narrow your focus um and this is something that i think that um, 
you know that so what are the benefits of a smaller world because smaller you know, the small can be beautiful <laughs> um so can t- talk a bit a little bit more me about that as to how you've used that focus to really in terms of being mindful of um, yourself and the world around you uh for myself um i i look at it this way it we're we're in the northeast we're uh, on long island it uh it is February, it is the middle of winter, and life gets much smaller for most of us, mm-hmm. unless you're an alpine skier <laughs> or, or such, uh, in the winter than it does in the spring and the summer and, and, and the fall. And so um, it's a time where you can have a, um, a li- more limited focus, and the things that you do focus on uh, can be deeper. You can slow down. Much of nature slows down for winter. And uh, it's not bad when we do too. Uh, When your parents, you're still parents. When you're working, you're still working. Um, But uh, a more targeted focus can make life richer and sometimes just easier. Yeah, I think that, and it's tough to do. I mean, it's... uh... This notion of sitting still <laughs> and being still is tough, and uh, you know, and so, in some cases, being still but also being physically active. So there's a relationship this to, to yoga as well, right, Lisa? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think that what I like to say to many people is, um, if you can't sit still, try yoga because then <laughs> you can start to slow down in that regard, but. Uh, after what Ken had mentioned, I was thinking that walking is perfect because when you walk, there's a certain rhythm to it. And as you get into that rhythm, then there's almost a soothing constant, like the thrum of a wheel of a bicycle. I like to also go out and ride bicycles, but that thrum and that beat and that rhythm can help us slow down because there's a constant sound like if you do breathing practices, right? There's a constant sound of the ujjayi breath and it just captures the mind. So when it's ready to run away with you, you just have something that's constantly moving at a, at a beat. And then whatever else is going on around you, whether it's the atmosphere of bird watching or looking outdoors at a great vista, you know, you can, you can start to just exhale. Because I think too many of us just hold our breath. It's like we're just waiting for this whole thing to end. And it's just not going to end. It's about how do we integrate it back in to our lives and living in a slightly different fashion so that no matter what happens, um, you know, you develop these tools or these things that will take you out of your head and just into your body. Right, right. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you don't, you know, these these are stressful times, and I find myself realizing that um, as I'm going through these periods, or I'm working on something, I realize how shallow my breath has gotten. You know, and it's um, you know, and this is the normal stress you know response, right? That's sort of the flight or fight syndrome of you know dealing with anxiety. So you shorten your breath to really deal with this, but you've got to like you've got to you got to need an intervention there. You got to stop yourself and say, wait a minute wait a minute, take a deep breath. And it's, uh, um, and it, 
there is a certain interesting for me, I don't want to say irony, but basically, you know, when you slow down and kind of get inward, it basically brings you outward. Um, you know, I found that, you know, I, we have someone who comes in uh, now once a week, I'm taking a note of lessons from you. And I have someone come in and with my wife and, and myself and do, does yoga once a week in our, in our basement. And um, I was lying there and I, you know, I realized, you know, people talk about yoga, you know, the typical, well, I'm really inflexible. I need to get, you know, I need to touch my toe. What's the matter with me? And, and, and yes, it's true in our sitting economy, right? You need to really get up and your hips get locked up. But I noted that I, I was feeling like, you know, the breathing, you know, I felt that I, it was not just flexibility. It was really opening up, you know, the body to, to be more flexible overall. You know, and I guess, I guess that's a form of mindfulness, right, Ken? I mean, when you're integrating both the physical and the mental that way. Sure. And much of the time, or after a time, it happens by itself, as it were. And you may or may not be aware of it. When you're aware of it, you're happy for yourself. You're proud of yourself. But everything tends to happen on its own. Mm -hmm. um, not unlike the weather. And... Most of the time, we're not doing things to make it happen. Most of the time, we're getting in the way of, <laughs> of it. And so getting out of the way and getting out of one's own way is really what any sort of practice is about. I have to say that I'm not a low-energy person who sits in meditation often. I have been a high-energy person. I like swimming and running. I still go to the gym. Um, and that... I have not given up. I, 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 cannot, I cannot give up. Um, I've gone to the gym often with a mask on, but I'm, I'm still going. So if I can walk outside, if I can go swimming, if I can go for a vigorous hike, if I can go to the gym, um, I'm a very, a very, very happy guy. And I'm not even thinking about de-stressing or getting out of my head. I'm just, I'm just doing. And I realized, certainly after all this time, stuff tends to happen by itself. And if I'm better at anything, it's getting out of my own way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> a worthy effort. <laughs> a worthy effort. Yeah, I, th I think, right. I, I think, well, I do think that we are in a society that's impatient, right? We, so giving ourselves a chance to slow down, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, is kind of anathema to our society. Yeah. Um, I think that we're, we're getting there. I think, you know, now we, we have some research, right, that, that basically is pretty good evidence that we're never really multitasking. You know, we, we, we're doing a bunch of things in, in quick, rapid succession, but the mind really is just focusing on one thing at a time very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I that there's... After the Ed Sullivan show where the guy would come out in the unicycle and be juggling a bowling ball, a chainsaw, and right. a couple of pigeons. After that guy, most of us were not multitasking too well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, with the exception of, you know, the guy, who, the other guy who, who came out with like 10, spinning the 10 platters, right? You right. know, eventually <laughs> they break, you know, <laughs> they just do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that there's, uh, but it, it takes some, some doing to, to slow ourselves down. And I think to um, 
So I think there's a certain um, prejudice, if you will, against um, slowing down and being still and, and taking these moments almost like, well, that's a waste of time. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, I could be doing something during the time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think you're, you're less productive in that time. And, and you're, I think your body really needs that kind of, you know, um, attention, your mind and body together. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, this, is uh, 45, this is 45 forward. And it's really about the second half of life. Mm-hmm. And one has a certain inertia and energy and, and exploration in your teens and your 20s and your 30s. And now there's a sense of under normal circumstances of just appreciation. And um, little things become great because you realize that um, there's a limit in time and to our lives. And so things that we just took for granted, we don't take for granted anymore. And for us, the pandemic was even more of an opportunity to appreciate things. Right. Things that we automatic that seemed no big deal that we took for granted. Right, right, right. So let's, I'm gonna just hold on to that thought. We'll continue. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, uh, but folks, when we come back, we'll be talking much more about mindfulness, yoga, meditation, and COVID with Lisa Kingsbury and Ken Taub. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you fully connected? We're all online in more ways than we can imagine. Our business, our family, our health, and our money are all part of the cyber-connected world, and it's getting more frightening every day. On My Connected Life, host Tyler Cohen-Wood takes you into the exciting world of cyber and shows you what you need to know right now to keep your cyber-connected life safe and your data within your control. Get all the information, the news you need to know, and a lot of fun and surprises. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. 
That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Ken Taub and Lisa Kingsbury about how yoga, meditation, and mindfulness can help us uh, during and beyond the pandemic to the endemic, whatever that might be. Uh, before we continue, I want to let you know that you can find out more information about Ken and Lisa on my Roel Resources website, roelresources.com. Uh, just click on the 45 Forward tab. Um, you could also go on my website to take my retirementality quiz, 25 questions that will tell you how prepared you are for the second half of life. And you can also find out more about um, uh, Amber Yoga by uh, uh, logging on to amberyoga.com, A-M-B-A-Yoga.com. So guys, uh, before the break, we were talking about how to create a hard stop in life to, to basically uh, when you need to really unplug. So Lisa, we were talking about that during the break. Uh, why don't right. we uh, refresh that conversation? Sure. Um, the whole thing about this shutdown, right? Mm -hmm. the pandemic and the shutdown is I was forced into not being out there as much. Obviously I couldn't teach in person, couldn't do much of anything. And there was almost a relief that I didn't have to make sure that I stopped my busyness. Um, I think all of us have this uh, wheel or this hamster wheel, if you will, that we've got to get it done, got to get it done, got to get it done. I don't know if it's the Puritan ethic or what. So in our mind, we're already programmed to not slow down until we crash. Mm -hmm. Ergo, migraines or, um, you know, people having various illnesses that make them stop. Um, so the, the trick is, and you had mentioned breath, too. You wanted to talk a little bit more about breath. Right, right. The trick is, uh, it's individual, but it's also universal. That you're, if you tune into your breath, you can begin to slow down. It's the best thing if you're in a argument to breathe. Um, it's good to feel your body. So sometimes I'll say, you know, find your feet, feel your breath, and then continue because um, that force stop was great because I didn't realize how fast I was running so many classes, doing the planning, having a household, you know, you have your day-to-day -day, uh, responsibilities, let alone when we were raising our son when he was at home. Um, but there are different breathing techniques that can quickly bring you down from a very excitable state. And the easiest thing to remember is that if you want to calm down, make your exhalation longer than your inhalation. Um, slow down your breath so that it, you can fill your lungs more easily. Sit upright so there's space to fill your lungs because most of us sit like this, right? So you're collapsing into your lungs when you're, when you're shrunken over. Most of us have bad posture because of reaching forward on the computer pad. Right. Um, you know, to sit up and lift your sternum and press into your feet when you're sitting in a chair and grounding your buttock bones, everything starts to open up. And then the body responds to that by breathing more deeply. And then your mind responds by taking on again, like I talked about before, the rhythm so that there's this constant hum in the background that might just might slow down so mm -hmm. that you don't have to crash and burn. 
Right. And that, that's the problem with my prior life is constantly crashing and burning. Right. Uh, but for an individual who's never done yoga, never done meditation, um, it seems like, oh, yeah, yoga is like one of those things, as you were saying, well, I have to touch my toes to do yoga. And you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Or I have to sit on the floor, but I can't sit on the floor because my knees don't work. So I won't try meditation. You know, we have all these constructs in our mind about how to. Uh, basically stop before we even start. Um, so finding something simple is, is key. That's what I say to all the people that start with me is just find right. something simple. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in, in my discussions with, with you, Ken, I mean, I think that, you know, you, you've, yes, you've taught you know, meditation mindfulness. Yeah. I know that it's, it's kind of a buzzword now, but I do like the term mindfulness because I think it really, you know, is a little bit broader and, and, you know, incorporates an overall, you know, sensibility about life as opposed to a specific practice. And um, what do you, how do you apply mindfulness in your general life? Well, there, um, mindfulness is not just awareness. It's a different caliber of alertness. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can be alert to danger. Most of us have been on of some form of heightened alert during this global pandemic. Um, uh, but you can also be a, um, alert and so aware to what's happening right in front of you. And when you are, you have a very different relationship with it. You have, you're holding it in a different kind of awareness um, than just being reactive. So rather than making mindfulness something um, uh, mystical or mysterious. It is just really stopping enough through a breath, through a moment of quiet. You don't have to sit in meditation for 20 or 30 minutes and saying, wait a minute. And, you know, an, an adult version of counting to, to five or, or 10 and looking what, what's right in front of you. And when you do, things shift. The scenery hasn't shifted. You shifted. And the more you do it, the easier it is to do. So I guess part of the theme of what we're talking about is expansion and contraction. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic has, for most people, squeezed or contracted their lives. So under these extraordinary circumstances, how do you live a more expansive life? And that that's not external, that's internal. We can go out for walks, you can go to Colorado or the beach somewhere when the weather is nice. But how do you, how do you, how do you expand in the moment? And there are various ways to do that, um, various ways to do that. And so it's also a question you ask yourself, am I living smaller and more contracted or am I doing something that's uh, enlarging me and expanding my life. And the first step is even just asking that simple question. And then when you feel like you're living smaller, then you ask yourself, okay, what should I do differently now? Or what should I just do now? Right, right. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that we've discussed before, I think too, is, um, you know, what, what are the expectations of, of the use of these tools? And I think sometimes, you know, we're, 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 solution oriented in terms of trying to prevent things from happening, you know, or 
um, you know, trying to eliminate things. And I think that, you know, we've talked before about the fact that these are tools to help you live better, but they don't eliminate problems in life. These things are here, you know, and I think that um, uh, in one of my previous uh, podcasts, um, interviewing a guy named John Leland, who wrote a book called uh, Happiness is a Choice We Make, um, he interviewed, it was based on interviews with people who were 85 and older. And one of the things he discovered with them was that people who were happy, he, he used a phrase of, in spite of, as opposed to, if only, you right. know, so you're happy, if only these things were out here, if only this wasn't true, if only I had this one. And they were like, there's always going to be stuff, you know, <laughs> how to maintain a sense of fulfillment in spite of all these things. And, and really, you know, with, with them right next to you. Um, any thoughts on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a whole flurry of things that are coming in. Um, you know, we talked about how, well, Ken just mentioned how COVID makes your world really small and we've all experienced that. And how do you uh, find a way to live larger within that restriction? So the first thing is that I thought of is how often do we say, I don't have enough room. I don't have enough room. I don't have enough room as opposed to, well, where can I go? Like if you, you've seen water make its way into everywhere. And unfortunately, if you've ever had a flood in your basement or a small leak, it's like water gets everywhere. So what we wanna do is make uh, uh, some kind of space so that we can let that trickle down effect and, and find a crack in the concrete so that we can just expand out through it. And it's not necessarily that we, uh, make our lives larger, but we just make more space for our thoughts, for our breath. You know, you were talking about in and out and, and that expansion and contraction. And uh, there's always going to be something next down the pike that's extremely joyful or extremely challenging or very sad. I mean, that's the whole process of life. But Sometimes we don't know that. And once it's once it, we realize it, then we can say, oh, wait a minute. How do we get around this bend? Or how do I negotiate this roadblock? Um, and not be so caught up in uh, the story, if you will. It's like, well, damn it, I don't have this and I don't have this and I don't have that. It's like, well, what do I have? You know, flip it on the other side. Find another another way to look at it. And I think that, go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to ask you a question. So, but basically about, you know, you we were talking about, um, you know, how do you cope with these things? And I think that uh, you said before about, well, you know, letting things happen. So I think there is this notion that you've mentioned about, you know, things will happen, but you can react to them in the sense of they don't affect you as much. They're, you're not under their thumb. Absolutely. Well, things always keep happening. Right. We put ourselves in the center, <laughs> we put ourselves in the center of things uh, that we want to or that have nothing to do with us. Much of life is putting ourselves in the center of almost every, every, everything. Um, uh, but it 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 need not be that way. You hit on you you hit on something a little uh, a little bit earlier, Ron. Is that we're looking for a solution. And this thing, if we do this thing, 
if we go hiking or we do yoga, we do meditation, it'll make us better. You know, it'll be, it'll make us more, more fit, more metaphysically fit. And it may or may not. And <laughs> often just, it, it does not. Um, but we're always looking for the next thing. For example, we're all waiting for the pandemic to become endemic. And it will or it won't, and it will in six months, or it will in six years, we're always waiting for something. And then, then it'll be okay. And of course, it won't be any better. It'll just be different good and different bad. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, um, uh, the, the great philosopher, Jimmy Durante said, these are the conditions that prevail. This right. is where we are right now. This is where we are in our lives. And this is where we are in the pandemic. And one doesn't, I'm not making light of it. A lot of people have gotten seriously ill. A lot of people are long haulers. We lost far too, too many people. It disrupted a lot of lives and a lot of, a lot of businesses. Um, but here we are. I mean, here we are in winter, here we are in our lives and things, things are not gonna get better. You know, like Zorba the Greek said, you know, when asked about his life and while he, why he was so happy, well, he said, here we are in the full catastrophe. And it's always, <laughs> it's always the full catastrophe. And here we are living it. So we make choices uh, during a pandemic and in a rainstorm and otherwise, and not waiting for it to get better or for ourselves to get better. Right. You, it won't get better. Right. <laughs> this is it. Right. Well, some things may get wetter, but but as you say, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And I think that, you know, I think that the pandemic has uh, showed us that really it's um, it, it's just it's heightened a sense of uh, what's going on in life. You know, the, a lot of things were there all along, uh, but it's 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 brought certain focus on certain things. Uh, but but it is what it is. And, and you can you know, it made us pay attention to some things we weren't aware of. I don't think right. we were aware of of the potential how quickly people could get isolated from each other and and how especially for people who are older you know how they were you know how society was set up so that they were basically isolated with no means of support so that was true before the pandemic but it basically brought it to light in a in a very uncomfortable and disturbing way um but I, and I think too that I think that uh, it did show you know, that we had, we had lost a sense of stillness, you know, lost a sense of how to breathe and that we needed to bring ourselves back in, into some what of a balance with this. Um, and I think it's um, one of the things that I, I do uh, appreciate is I think that, you know, these ideas of um, meditation and mindfulness and yoga and the connection between, you know, body and mind are becoming more mainstream. You know, it's not... Um, you know, I think when Ken, when you started studying Eastern philosophy, people thought like, "Whoa, he's what? What's Ken doing?" You know, where I don't think I think people appreciate now, you know, the the deeper connections in life, and they're coming into the mainstream. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, when you know there there is a lot more focus on relaxation techniques and stress reduction, and some of this is for you know commercial purposes. I recognize that, but there is a certain appreciation, I think. 
that it's coming into the mainstream and, and being considered part of traditional medicine, in fact. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember reading about 25 years ago that there was a meditation room in the Pentagon. And I said, okay, you don't get more mainstream than that. Right, um, right. But I think also there's always a counterpoint to life. And has been so much change over the last 25 years that a part of all of us feels, wait, slow down, stop the world. It's changing so fast every six months. Um, that you that, can't keep up with it. Yes, and you feel like you can't keep up with yourself. Not only personal change, you know, right. technological change and social change and demographic change. It, it's a lot. Right. It's a lot. And so you feel like you need to slow down to get an, an iota of perspective and sanity. And so there, and of course, there are various ways to do there are various ways to do that. And sometimes it's preferable and healthy. And other times it's downright necessary. Mm -hmm. You just have to slow down. Right. Right. And yeah. meditation and mindfulness and yoga are excellent and they're helpful. But there are so many ways to just put on the brakes and get some perspective and take a deep breath and take right. a look around, literally and metaphorically. There are many ways. Right, right. Great, so we're, just gonna, we're gonna take another pause, folks. Um, uh, we'll be back after a short break, uh, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back once more. You won't wanna miss this last segment with uh, Lisa Kingsbury and Ken Tab on mindfulness, yoga, COVID, and love. <laughs> love in a time of COVID. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, 
health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Uh, once again, I'm talking with Lisa Kingsbury and Ken Chab about mindfulness and yoga and how it's become part of our mainstream in society. Um, and I wanted to uh, just mention that, uh, you know, one of the things that intrigued me was that I was, I just happened to stumble across this guy named Michael Bain, who I guess has become quite a phenomenon, director of the Penn Program for Mindfulness. You know, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, so we were talking about how, and Ken mentioned before the break, you know, how there was a meditation room at the Pentagon. So I think that, you know, so this, this uh, Dr. Bain, you know, he's a medical doctor, but basically, you know, he also, on the side, you know, he was very involved in meditation and mindfulness, and then it became very clear that this was, um, he had some health issues, so he had um, cut back in his practice. But this became the center of his attention, and it's really become, you know, a central part of a lot of, uh, you know, medical programs, um, where uh, you know, you know, the doctors come in and, and you know, they're not saying like, well, you should do this. They're like, can we do this? You know, I mean, the stress of you know medical practices, and I think even in businesses too, that people are realizing that this is something that can be an integral part. It's not a fringe thing. It's really it could be integrated into, uh, and and make you know. Uh, whatever we do better, you know, in, on a daily basis. Um, and I don't know, you've probably seen a lot in, you know, in, in the, over the years too, you know, that, you know, I, I'm sure some of this is, is pandemic related, but I do see a lot more stuff, you know, you know, uh, on the internet, you know, emails, you know, saying, Oh, 15 minutes of stress reduction, blah, 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 blah. Um, are you guys seeing a lot of this as well? And any, any thoughts on, I mean, also just, you know, relaxation techniques, stress reduction, restorative yoga. Um, there's, there's a ton. You know, it's part, it's 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 a a whole aisle in the giant American supermarket. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing or a bad thing, but nothing succeeds like excess in America. Right. So there's there's a thousand and one options, and um, also as people have changed their lives and their lifestyle and with the great resignation you know I, it, it feels like for us like every fourth person is becoming a yoga teacher <laughs> <laughs> why not that sounds like a good job i'll do that and not just for some uh 22 year old so yeah there's there's a lot of it and like everything else um you know you uh certain things call to us and they call to us in a certain way at a certain time in our mm-hmm. lives and you have to check out not not only when you're young and you know 18 to 30, but even now at this point of our lives in middle age and older, you check out a few things to see what resonates with you. And because there's such a, a variety, you pick out your favorite can of soup. 
you know, and and and, and then uh, you've you've you you've you've tried you've tried a few. Right. So uh, I see it all over the place. I I see apps for breathing, apps for being calm. Uh, you know, there's every app under the sun for creating your own yoga practice. Um, it can be a bit daunting, actually. Like mm-hmm. Emma was saying, you know, nothing succeeds better than excess in America. And it's just so true. Um, uh, it's, it's very interesting how everything got very commercialized with regards to yoga and how they monetize it. And some of it, you know, like when it comes into mainstream, like being mindful, you know, it's mainstream. It, it's very easy to water it down and lose mm-hmm. some of the, the jewels that you can get in a very strong, deeply rooted, deeply researched practice. Um, you know, meditation has been used for years, dealing with pain and uh, cancer. I mean, John Kabat-Zinn developed his own program uh, up at the University of Massachusetts, I think it was. Yeah. And it became a global program to integrate into um, pain cancer, reduction. pain reduction, a whole array of things. And so something like that is where, uh, you know, I like, I like the the big research stuff, but that's just me, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm less likely to go to a little app on my phone to teach me how to breathe. I want to go to an expert, but, um, you know, so it can be a little tainted to see it everywhere, but at the same time, I'd rather see people being more peaceful and more mindful. And certainly, uh, you know, the great resignation has certainly said, okay, we're done having this puritanistic grind at the, at the, the workstation. I want to. I want to balance. I want a quality of life if I can, and uh, hopefully, hopefully people find their way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the word you use is appropriate. Daunting. There's just a lot of stuff to sift through. Mm-hmm. But what I like about your approach, both of you, is that there, it's accessible. There are things that you can do. You don't have to go to a course. There are things that you can do that integrate in your life, and it's complex, but it's also simple. I mean, it's also just taking the time to find something that's sustainable in your life, right? I mean, that's what you're looking for. As you pointed out earlier, Ken, small practices, small rituals, they don't have to be, you know, um, traditional meditation. There are just ways that you can focus and, you know, sort of take take control back of your life and bring yourself, you know, both closer to your center and, and at the same time make you connected outwardly. Um, to to others, um, uh, and speaking of which, you know, let's let's talk about you know connecting to others. So so how have you guys, uh, you know, this, as I said, this is Valentine's Day. So let's let's spend a little bit of the last part of it. Yes, you're laughing. That's good. <laughs> it's always good when couples are laughing. <laughs> oh, you know, we were talking in the break too about the the essential component of humor in life. Um, so so what things are you know to to just Take a you know, a page of mindfulness. What what things are you mindful of, guys, in terms of your relationship over the years? Because it always changes, always issues, always problems. What what things uh, have have you guys done to that? Whether it's officially using your techniques or just you know your any kind of approach. What what do you guys do? I'll I'll let I'll let my 
my wife's start. That's that's I, always I, a good always a good start approach get <laughs> thank you thank you thank you she goes she goes um i would have to say that first off uh i consider myself very lucky that i have such a great partner so that starts off a couple really well if it, if you're well matched with someone i mean uh he always makes me laugh um he's always staying in touch one way or another uh with little things little notes little cards um, the sentiment is always very, very important. And so uh, he makes me laugh. I hope I make you laugh sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we all have our skill sets. And I think that the, the best thing is just to always um, do a little something every day to make sure that they feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> Part of the theme of what we're talking about is life itself and the flow of life and the rush of life and everything just happening with us, despite us. It certainly marriage and parenting and child rearing uh, is the is life. And take uh, we certainly don't take what we've learned in meditation, Eastern philosophy, and yoga, and overlay it onto our moment-to-moment life as a couple. Um, that would both be very hard and somewhat somewhat artificial. You know, we're we're rolling with it every moment, like every other couple. Um, and we pray our yoga and meditation can jump in at at a, a very opportune moment to save the day. And like many couples, we count on each other's counterbalance. Um, you know, and she's more detail oriented and more patient by far, and I'm kind of more big picture and devil may care. So it makes for a, a nice balance. And it's very simple when people say, how are you guys doing, you know, as a couple? And my reply for years is she hasn't poisoned my soup yet. <laughs> and you they, always end though with yet though, Ken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to stay with, we stay with the yet. We have come to see, we've been together 26 years, as of a couple of days ago, we met on February 11th, 1996 in New York mm-hmm. City and had a great first date. Over 26 years now, over a quarter of a century, uh, the relationship can get richer. And we've had ups and downs and we've had some, we've had some pretty, mm-hmm. pretty strong rough spots like almost every other couple. But over time, the relationship can get richer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's not as much that has to be said. And like we started to talk about at the beginning of this program, the little stuff is what really matters. Little, little things they can appreciate together um, become big things, become big, wonderful things. And um, now that our son's on his own and he's 23 and living in the city, that first big part of our parenting is, is, is over. But you're still parents. It's just changed. So um, it's changed a lot. But so, yes, for on this Valentine's Day, I think we're both glad that we have each other. Our lives are better because of one another. And even when we want to kill each other, we have so far refrained. Right. <laughs> yeah, Use I think- your breath. Use your breath. Yes. Use yes. your breath. Breath is, the breath is important. <laughs> You know, there there are, I think, uh, you know, there are there are some things that just do come to mind. I mean, I think that, you know, the sense of um, 
letting things happen, letting things flow sometimes is, and letting things be. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say personally, a lot of things come down to, you know, we, we, we all are, well, not all, but we, you know, we're ambitious. We have strong egos. We have strong sentiments and opinions about things. And sometimes it's just let it go, let it go. You know, you're different, you know, you have different opinions, you have different approaches. And, um, but there's just, a, there's a sense of, of letting go. And I you can say forgiveness, but just letting life be, you know, and recognizing that things, uh, not everything has to, you know, um, <laughs> go your way at the moment, you know? Um, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, so, you know, for me, like the letting go has been important. And also what you mentioned, Ken, whether it's um, uh, whatever aspect of your, of your life, and, and this is true of relationships, you know, the, the little things and the little rituals um, really matter. And they matter, you know, in some ways, I wouldn't say even more than the big things, but in, in disproportionately, in a cumulative way, they matter more. You know, so this whole notion that we have of like, what we, I guess, started with our kids and then our spouses, like, well, we, have, we need quality time, quality time. It's like, quality time is the time we have. That's what we have. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so listen, That's folks. Um, also, also go ahead. There's this aspect of mindset that is, well, this is what I don't have, right? right. How, how often is that? I mean, it's almost as if people like to complain as if it's a badge of honor that, oh, this is going wrong, this is going wrong, all the drama, as opposed to looking at what's, what's going right and enjoying the things that are good. Um, you know, you can always pick on people for the socks that are on the floor or the pan that didn't get cleaned or didn't you write that note or didn't you do this? It's like, ridiculous you gotta let that go you have to look at what's what's going well instead of what's so keeping me in a box and keeping me very small it's like right. just right. let it go right right so unfortunately we have to let go of the show we've come to the <laughs> conclusion uh thanks guys for a terrific show another another terrific show um i just want to tell folks if if they've missed our conversation with uh with you guys today. You can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Just search for my show, 45 Forward. Um, you can also listen to their February 8th podcast last year uh, by going to the archives and you can find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or my website, rowellresources.com. So um, if you have questions, you can email me at ronroel, ron.roel at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to um, join us next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll be talking with Dr. Francis Santiago Schwartz, distinguished immunologist and educator, who'll offer us a very clear-eyed view of how to navigate this brave new world of the endemic, of the endemic COVID viruses bravely and safely, especially in your older years. So the, that's going to be another great show. You won't want to miss it. Until then, folks, keep moving forward. 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.